Let us go into the house of the Lord. I once again say thank you who are faithful for providing a home for those who are not so faithful. If it were for not you who are so constant and who worship and serve God all the time, there would be many who are troubled who would have no place to go, no place to turn to. You provide a ministry, uh, great or small, must be your decision, but you provide a ministry for some of these people. And strange, it seems that the people who uh, need it the most are able to do the least sometimes. That often works out that way, and I have no one in mind, but it just is a, uh, a statement of principle that I am aware of. I'm going tonight to John the 14th chapter and to the 30, 30th verse, if you will. I give you for the sake of remembering the training and triumph of the champion. The training and the triumph of the champion. John 14 and 30, possibly 31 connected with it. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. Jesus speaking to his disciples. From now on, I'm not going to say much to you. Did you hear that? Think about it. Jesus said to his disciples, Henceforth, or from now on, I will not say much to you. The original is, I will not be speaking to you much. For one reason, for the prince of the world is coming. Prince of the world is coming. The word is ruler. And he ha is having, he is having nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go thence. The training and the triumph of a champion. I have never had this to jump out at me so greatly as in my study of today. When Jesus said to his disciples from this point on, I'll not be talking very much. I'll be, it'll be very, very little that I have to say. And there's a reason that I won't be talking much. I'm going to be concentrating. There's a battle about to start. The greatest fight that has ever been known. I'm about to be engaged in that fight. So the prince of the world is coming. He has nothing in me. I will handle each part of this tonight and talk about the training and the triumph of the champion. He is the champion of all champions. And he is aware of history and the battles that have been fought ere and anon. But he remains the champion. Stalin, noble, constant, and ever confident, self-confident, he is the champion. He is the champion mentally. He is the champion physically. He is the champion psychologically. He is the champion spiritually. No one has ever entered the ring with him that came out the victor. Something big is about to happen. There are several chapters, 14, 16, and 17, that are filled with hurried instructions from Jesus' disciples. 
And so he says, I will not be saying much. If you look at John, it seems like he said most there than anywhere else. But uh, if you read the other Gospels, you'll see that John does not lay out uh, chronologically in sequential order. But he states the purpose of his writing, that you may, may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and in believing that you might have life everlasting. But he says, I won't be talking much. I won't be saying much from this point on. It's going to get quiet. You're going to notice me very silent, very seemingly withdrawn. But there's preparation that's going on. Something is coming. The prince of the world is on his way. And I'm fixing to fight the fight of the ages. The prince of this age is coming, the ruler. It's strange when it got down to who the, actually the person was that he met, first of all, after this dialogue. You know who it was? You know who the person was? He said the prince of, the prince is, of this world is coming. You know who the next person was that interrupted his thoughts and his words? Judas. Strange, isn't it? But a fight is fixing to start. And if Jesus felt there was preparation needed, he being the champion of all, how much more should you and I know that there are battles to be fought of our own? And no amount of minimizing will do the trick. He is ever Satan, and he will always be Satan. No conversion has taken place in this period of time. No conversion. But the first person that Jesus met after he said the prince of this world is coming was Judas. What was his weapon that he used? He said, whoever I shall kiss, this will be the son of God. The Lord fought the direst battles of all. And he was a leader in those that Paul said would be ours. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Those words principalities there are actually leaders of cities and authorities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now it has been some who preached on demonology to use that scripture and say that demons are divided over the world. For in Daniel it says the prince of Persia, which is a satanic force, had called him a prince of a certain place. Daniel said, withstood me 21 days. So a prince, Satan, who is... Probably assigned Persia. Fought me 21 days. But finally an angel came from God and helped me. Well there are princes. There are demons divided worldwide. I believe according to principalities. Which are actually municipalities over certain cities. 
and authorities which have to do with assignment and categorization and with uh, uh, subordination and so forth. These powers are placed. But Jesus let them know that the battle that he was about to enter in was not merely a flurry of fisticuffs. It was not merely with a prince of Jerusalem or Palestine or Syria. It was not the demon force of Egypt nor of God. But he said he is the prince of this world. I am about to fight the prince of the world. Tis the fight of the ages. David with his sling never faced a more formidable foe than Jesus Christ in the battle of prayer. Amen. Joab with his sword that flashed like lightning. And for several years, men of the continent of the Middle East were acquainted with the prowess of the captain of David's army, Joab. Abner, who was the captain of the army of Saul, was no slouch. He was able to fight, but died as a fool Abner died. Valiant men they were. Some men fought great battles. Some of them, it said, did things that people would not consider doing. One man, just for the sake of courage, went into a pit with a lion on a snowy day where it was slick and slippery and cold and deep. But he fought with a lion on a snowy day. Another man stood in a field of beans all day long and fought with an ox gold and killed many Philistines. So paralyzed and so uh, uh, stuck to that ox gold that they had to prize it loose from his hand when the battle was over. These are David's mighty men. Oh, brother, they were mighty men. There were three who fought their way through the lines of the Philistines just to bring King David a drink in the cave of Adullam because he had made a wish. Oh, that I had a drink from the well that is by the gate of Bethlehem. No water is like that water. And three men heard it and fought their way through and come back bloody and beat up and scarred and tattered in the wells of the night and say, David, we heard you say you wanted a drink from that old well at Bethlehem. We fought and brought it to you. David looked at that and those big old boys standing there all beat up and bruised. And he thought, what have they gone through just to bring me a cup of water? The Bible said that he took that water and said, I tell you, this is not water, but this is blood. 
These men have placed their life in jeopardy. And the Bible said he did the most foolish thing. Wanted that water so bad. But the Bible said he poured it out before the Lord. And said this is not water but this is blood. For the men who placed their lives in jeopardy before me. But never was there a battle. Nor in the valley of Jehoshaphat. When the ruler's hands had to be held over his head. So that the battle may continue. Never was there a battle. Even when the sun stayed in the sky so the people of Israel could continue with the sword as long as it was daylight. But I tell you, the world enters a dark gray area when the Son of God Almighty, human being, God involved in flesh, says, I am coming to grips with the real enemy, not the Prince of Persia, not the municipality of Syria, not the division of Gog and Magog, not the heathen of Africa, but the very Lucifer, who is the God of this world. I am about to enter into battle with him. Pardon me. So there will be silence. There will be silence from me. I wondered at that. Was it concentration? I tell you, we better know when a battle is coming that it's going to take all you can put together to stand it. I would to God I could have put it in many hearts who have already fallen and I could have made them ready to know a battle is coming. Now get yourself ready. It is a spiritual battle. Was it concentration? Sometimes you may be able to fight Satan and continue with other activities. Sometimes your mind may be able to be divided. But when the real battle of your soul comes, you better lay everything else aside. And say to my family, I may be withdrawn. Say to my loved ones, you may notice me somewhat quiet. But I've got my mind set on one thing. I'm coming into an area when there's a battle to be fought. Oh, glory to God. I say, teach us, Lord. If you say I have lost in the arena of spiritual warfare, it may be because you thought the battle continued with a half heart and a half mind and a half attention. But there are times when it is required of you that you love God with your whole body, your mind, your soul, your strength. Amen. Sometimes he asks for full firepower. Do you know what I'm talking about? I heard that illustration used. I believe it was Brother Gidros mentioned one time looking at the old battleship Texas and going through uh, the furnace area and the boilers and the engine room and, and saw all of the levers and the gauges that were caught on out. Those all mean something. There is a little bit that can be given. There is more that can be given. There is a lever that will throw one completely wide open or shut it down. They all mean something. They were not used all the time at full speed. Sometime when the sailing was fine and when everything was going along smoothly, you did not need all of that firepower. But I'll tell you, when, when the enemy was sighted on the distant horizon, the captain from the eyes that were there day and night called to him and said the enemy approached. And then the command was given to those below or wherever the controls were. And he called for full firepower. That means that every ounce of energy 
that can be generated in those boilers and those engines. And those turbines are to turn, to move, and to shake and rattle. And there is a quivering of the ship where that everything she's got is given. I declare unto you tonight, tonight there are times when you sail along and everything is smooth. Satan is quieted. The storm is still. Love is about. Peace is king. And jobs are secure. Everything is going well. But someday you notice the caps are white and the wind seems contrary. And just on the horizon looms a dark shadow. Something that you did not plan on. Something that you could not guarantee. You've got to call every bit of spiritual strength that you have. And say, soul, oh soul, give me full fire power. I want everything I've got. Because I'm going to live for God. I'm going to go all the way. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What I love about this champion is he knew that the prince and the warrior of the other world was on his way. He knew the background. He knew the plans. They're already laid. He saw the advancement. He knew it was coming. Hell never performed a deed that heaven was not aware of. That's what I love about him. He is never in the dark. He never underestimates. He never minimizes the force of Satan. Praise God. Never does in his life. He knows everything that's going on there. He knows their plans. That's why he is a champion. We need to learn that if Jesus saw that it was necessary to still all activity, to give himself to the prince of the world that is coming, how much more should you and I, as individuals trying to follow our leader, say, it's time, my brother, I can't be encumbered with your petty problem. There's times when I can't be given to the little small yapping dogs that sound about my feet. Yonder looms a giant, a Goliath on the hillside. And it's going to take all of the training that I can get. What kind of training? The scripture says, learn to be quiet. Did you get that? Learn to be quiet. This is talking to women. It'll do for men. I want you to trace Jesus facing the enemy, whether it was a casual remark from a Pharisee or a lawyer in the midst of his disciples, or whether it was before Herod or before Pilate. It made no difference who met him. The Bible speaks and tells us he had a very, very noble and stolid manner of being quiet. And he told his disciples, I'm training now. I am getting quieter. I will not speak much from now on. Why this silence, Jesus? What weapon is there in silence? What weapon is there in quietness? Let me tell you, when the mouth is running, the heart cannot attend God. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Someone criticized Governor Davis for being a singing governor. He said, well, I'll tell you one thing, you can't sing and fuss at the same time. Might have had something there. You cannot prepare for the battle with a lot of fool talk going on all the time. Amen. They said unto him, Master, our teacher, will you tell us, is it right to obey Caesar? What is right? He said, I'm going to ask you a question. The baptism of John, was it of God or was it of men? They were in a fix. They say, if it's of men, the people have stoned us. They've persuaded John's a prophet. If we say it's of God, he'll say, why don't you believe? And they said, we can't answer your question. And then he did what he intended to do from the start. He said, I'm not going to answer yours either. Watch him face it. Read your Bible and watch Jesus face the foe. He gave out very little information. Amen. He was very quiet in front of them. Why? Because there is strength and quietness. When the talking went on all night long, it was not in the sunlit sky of an Olivet discourse surrounded by multitudes. But it was the lonely vigil of candlelight overlooking the city of Jerusalem when he poured out his soul to God all night long. I read this afternoon where after one discourse, John records that the people went to their own home. But Jesus went through all of it. Oh, what training that takes. Amen. Amen. We tried to get ready for this little hunt. I couldn't do anything that wouldn't hurt too bad. I had to swim a good bit. But a trainer trains. He has got to work himself so that his breathing can be labored and he can continue to operate until there is no stress upon him. He can continue to operate and he can continue to go so that there is no stress until he is able to go farther, until he can last longer, until he can withstand the forces upon this body greater than he ever has before. It is foolish for him to enter a ring. It is foolish for him to enter a fray with uh, only a minimal amount of tolerance and endurance. Jesus began in his ministry to be quiet. When they asked him questions, he answered nothing. I'll tell you the great advantage is he is God Almighty and he is omniscient. He knew the devil was on his way and what he intended to do. But the devil never knew what was in his mind because he was quiet. Amen. Now let me tell you something. That is the advantage of being quiet is the devil does not know what you plan to do unless you tell him all about it. Amen. Amen. God knows all about it, but the devil doesn't. There is only one omniscient. We ought to use the weapons we've got given to us. Did you hear me? We ought to use everything. And there comes a day when you're wishing for everything in the world. We ought to use everything that God gives to us. And one thing that God Almighty has is His ability of omniscience to know everything. All things that's going on. And He said, the prince of the world is coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. You never know the devil. The devil never knows your weakness unless you tell him about it. Here is the evil of gossip. Here is the evil of foolish talking. Here is the, uh, the evil of endless prating. Here is the foolishness of, of griping and nagging. Here the soul of your heart is given to the enemy. In your daily rounds with one another, you lose the valuable information to the key to your soul. Learn to be 
quiet. Learn to be still. Learn how to tell God and God alone. Why can't Satan hear you while you're in prayer? I'll tell you the difference between prayer and between griping and nagging and gossip is there is a veil beyond which the devil cannot enter. And that is to say the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I promise you something. When you come to this altar and you say, Under the blood of Jesus Christ, I plead the blood of Jesus, you can tell him your very soul. Lord, I'm weak. Lord, I have a temper. Lord, I, I have fits. Lord God, I am so evil. I am so selfish. Don't worry about the devil finding that out because there is a veil that you have stepped behind. That is to say the veil of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he does not have access to that. But hear me, when you are out in the public and that very expression comes out, when someone rubs you and you strike back, Satan has an insight to your ability and your power. And hear me, if Jesus saw the approaching battle of the ages coming and said, boys, you're going to notice me slowing down. I'm not going to talk very much. If he was careful, how much more should you and I be careful tonight and hold ourselves until we can get to the proper place to tell somebody all about our needs. Hallelujah to God. I say he's a champion. The devil dogged his steps every way. He tried him every step of the way. Sweat in the garden. Sleeping disciples. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Look at his prayer. He never gave away. He never gave away a thing. He did not confess to any weakness. He did not admit to any sin. Satan never learned of the secret that was in Jesus Christ. Why? Because at this time, they were locked in mortal combat. And the sweat ran from his brow as great drops of blood. But Jesus prayed, thy will be done. Oh, if I could cry and say, cease and desist. I surrender my breath is gone. My mind reels. My lungs are expanded to beyond endurance. If I could cry, it is all over with. But mind you, Jesus Christ, even in the battle of Gethsemane, never uttered a word that Satan could use against him defiantly. I say I want to offer him praise. I'm preaching about Jesus tonight. Thank God. It has been said by other preachers who come there this, here, this church talks more about Jesus than any place they've been. I hope it's because I preach about Him more. And you're hearing some more about Him tonight. I love it. He is a champion to me. Thank God He was not just a psychologist, but friend, He was a living God on earth. And He has a secret. And I'm trying to learn that secret. And when the forces of Satan come, may I learn to withdraw and say, I'm preparing for battle. Come on, soul. Give me full firepower because I'm about to meet the enemy of my soul. Hallelujah to God. Into the Pilate's judgment hall. Are you the Christ? Why not make a convert of Pilate? Why not dismay the Jews and have the entire uh, provincial government of Rome, which is under, under Herod, why not have it Converted. Why not tell him? He is on the verge. He says he's seeking truth. He asked for the charge. 
He says, I find no fault in this man. Can't this be one place where you speak? Can't this be one place where you divulge your intentions? Are you the Christ? Are you king of the Jews? The Bible says he answered nothing. Hmm. Did you know that John said the governor marveled that he was silent? How many men before that tribunal had quailed in shaking, trembling weakness at his feet and said, spare me, old governor? How many men cried out, no, I, I am not, I will, I will recant, I will repent, I will change? How many men had done so? There was something about this one that stood there that held himself and had no defense whatsoever. Thank God. He didn't tell Satan that in Calvary was a victory. Praise God. He did not tell him that the battle was going his way already. He didn't say to Satan, you see the anger on Pilate's face? There is a blow you can't get over. Hear the cry of the mob that says crucify him. There is something you think you're winning with, but it's my weapon. I glory that he didn't tell the devil a thing. He had no defense. Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? He answered nothing. The governor was amazed that he was silent and came out to the crowd and said, I tell you, I don't find anything wrong with it. Came back in and told, asked him this, are you then a king? Not a king of the Jews, but a king. Jesus knew something that could be said. He said, for this end I came to the world and to this end was I born. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight for me. Satan, you better look out. You ought to know a little bit what is done here. There's something strange about this battle. He said there are thousands of angels, 12 legions that are ready to come and fight my battle. But it's strange that he's in the hands of his captors. It's strange that he is silent. It's strange heaven's swords are still and angels have folded their wings and darkness in the sun bows its head for several hours as death passes upon the Son of God. No, Satan, something is happening. And Jesus gave a little bit of the secret. But so sure was Satan. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. You can believe one thing. If it were, my servants would fight for me. Hallelujah. They're fighting now, friend. Hallelujah. The battle's on right now. And I, Marvin Trace, am here right now as a part of the battle that's going on in this world. Hallelujah. Somebody said, are you telling something the devil he shouldn't know? No, he knows I'm in the battle. He said to Paul one time, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? I hope I'm known in hell. I hope there's a bunch of devils that know my name, that have met me before, and pray God that I have trained well and I have kept my secret. Praise God. Then he says, he's coming. The enemy is coming. It's the prince of the world. It's the greatest power in this world. He's coming. Then he said, but he has nothing in me. What does he mean by that? Simply this. He has never won one battle. There is no title that I have to retake. There is no award that I have to reclaim. This is not three out of five. Thank God. This is 100%.
he has never won anything. That ought to do you some good tonight. Amen. I'm going to be quieter from now on because the enemy's coming. I'm going to fight. I'm going to tell you one thing. He's never won one time. Hallelujah to God. There is nothing I have to win back. Calvary was not done to replace something that went wrong. It was not a cover-up of a failure somewhere else. Calvary was one single, solitary battle that was victorious and successful. Hallelujah to God. You're not, you're not doing much tonight. You're sitting there, and I'm talking about this Jesus of ours who says he's never won one battle. I believe he's won every battle that has ever come. Glory to God. And some of you may be weighing his soul. I pray you're doing something but just I'd sitting there. God love your little heart. Amen. I hope that you're saying within myself, God, I need help. Can we learn tonight? Teach us how to fight. Teach us how, Lord, to stand against the enemy. Teach us how to be strong. Hallelujah to God. The scripture said, Jesus said to his disciples, he's never, he doesn't have a thing in me. There's nothing that I have to reclaim. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Whether it was on the Mount of Temptation or whether it was in the valley years ago. In the Old Testament, the devil has never won. One time, I have always. There's nothing I have to reclaim. Glory to God. Why tonight can't you lift your head? Why can't you have faith? Why can't you believe that he is the God of all? That he is the champion? Praise God. Praise God. And that never has Satan ever acquired anything. So that he has had to win it back. He is the champion of all champions. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Quietness. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're like the steam engine at the watering station. Let it pour and let it pour and be still and be still. Finally, when the boiler begins to heat, then the volume of water will make the difference in speed and climb. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings, as eagles. They shall run and grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah to God. I tell you, there is strength in waiting upon God's silent, stolid, Noble quietness. A blabbermouth will never know God. A braggart will never know full victory. He gathers his reward from his own words. Praise God. If I tell you where I've preached and how good I've preached and what I've done, I reward myself, Jesus said. What reward have ye? But I seek not my own glory. There is another who seeks my glory. Can you learn to be quiet? Can you learn to let somebody else compliment you? Can you let somebody else raise your hand in the triumph over Satan? Can you let the Holy Ghost open the door? He is the porter that opens the door to the sheepfold. I know my sheep and it will not open to anybody else. Can you wait and let my Lord do the seeking of glory for you? Some of you live surrounded by glory. 
every day you live, you tell your secret to Satan, I have this need of self-glory. Some of you blabber constantly by your deeds and by your words. I have this drive of recognition. People must know me. They must know the good that I do. God bless the little quiet gray-headed mother who sits in a church somewhere with never anyone knowing a battle of prayer that has just ceased without anyone ever knowing the day of fasting that has gone by. But the church stays together and revival continues and the Spirit of God is still intact and we wonder who gets the credit. Never let it be forgotten. The day will come when my Lord will acclaim you before the entire world. Hallelujah to God. He has nothing in me. I'm happy to tell you he was absolutely sinless. He said, which one of you can convict me of sin? Nobody answered anything. Hallelujah to God. They asked him a lot of theological questions. He said, I tell you, you say the Messiah will be the son of David. David in prayer said, Adonai, Adonai said unto Yahweh, my Lord, my Lord, said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until thy enemies become thy footstool. If David called him his son, how could he call him his Lord? And they from that day asked him nothing. When he spoke, he shut their mouths. But when he prepared for battle, he said, I may be quiet. I will not be speaking much to you anymore. But the battle is coming. But I'll tell you one thing. Satan has nothing in me. I am not obligated. There is nothing that I have to win back. Praise God. I am not angelic tonight, and I am not spouting some secret to Satan. But I'm telling you, up to this point, praise be to God, there are no claims that Satan has on my soul. Amen. I'm not asking you to glorify me. I'm just telling you like Jesus said it. There are no claims that are upon me. There's nobody here that has bought me off. There is no one that owns my ministry. There is nobody that I am uh, vowed to kneel and pray to. Praise God. There is one God of my soul. Hallelujah. And him alone do I worship. In the closing of it, Jesus said, not much more will I speak, but I will say this a little while, you're going to see me. Then a little while, you won't see me. Then a little while, you will see me again. They said, Lord, a little while, we don't understand. You've heard Brother Trees preach about that little while for a good many times. He said, a little while. He had to talk in their terms. They didn't understand 2,000 years, but a little while, you won't see me. Then in a little while, you will see me again. They said, Lord, speak to us no more in proverb and parable, but tell us plainly. Jesus said, I'll tell you this. They said, we know that thou knowest all things, and thou hast need of no man to tell you anything. You are from God. And the Bible said, do you, Jesus asked them, do you believe this? They said, we believe. Then he says, my battle is over. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What was the battle over before we ever forgot it? It's understanding what the battle really was. The battle was never that he could go through it or not. The battle with Satan was never that he could go through a Calvary or not. The battle was that before he left here, they would know that he finished winner. Praise God. Did you get that? Praise God. I say it wasn't that he could stand the nails. It wasn't that the blood running down his brow would draw something from his inner self. 
It wasn't the pain of rejection. He knew those things and he prepared and spoke of it often in his lifetime. But he once prayed and he said, Father, I have kept these thou hast given me in thy name except one. I pray thee that you keep them as one, even as we are one. That was his concern. And after he said, Satan is coming, the battle is on, and I won't say much to you. And they said, Lord, talk to us plainly now. Talk to us plainly. We know that thou hast no need for any man to tell you anything, for thou hast come from God. You are come from God. He said, Believest thou this? Then he said, Now, thank God, is peace come. And he said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's the battle that I was fighting for, that I could leave here with those intact that were given to me. Oh, glory to God. I tell you, he won. And he saw the victory before the nails ever came, before the hammer ever fell, and before there was ever an old rugged cross. Jesus said, cheer up. I've won the battle because you say now you believe I am from God. This is what I want. Devil, do your worst. Pour it on like you want to. They have said to me, live, die, sink, or swim. We know that you are the Christ, that you are from God. Hallelujah to God. And this is what he really wanted. He said, cheer up. I've overcome the world. If Jesus felt like that having others know who he was, was overcoming the world, how much should you and I feel a victory in our soul tonight? Because God has vested in us and he believes in us and has called us no longer servants, but he calls us now friends, and he calls us his children. I say cheer up tonight, because somebody is going to overcome. Hallelujah! Somebody is winning the battle tonight. Somebody is in the middle of the fight, and the Lord says they are winning the battle. I think we should praise him before I go on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I intend to go all the way. I intend to fight till the very end. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes in preaching I give you the secret of my soul. Why didn't I fall when I knew some others did? Amen. I am not bragging tonight. I'm trying to encourage you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the battle is over. You tell me you know I'm come from God. You'll never get over that. Did you know what he was talking about? Yes, sir. Look at the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Pentecost needs its utterance of God. It doesn't need blabbering. It needs the utterance of God. We can't make our own Pentecost. Amen. That's tried too much in Pentecostal circles. We can't make our own Pentecost. That's your blabbering. We need utterance of God. Hallelujah. The rest of the time we can learn to be quiet and wait upon the Lord. Pentecost needs its utterance from God. Grant us, Lord, the speech of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. But before that, stay with us. I see it coming. Have you, sir, ever saw a battle coming? Did you ever see it coming? Did you ever see it looming? Did you see the converging forces? as they began to communicate with one another and planned an attack upon your soul? Did you ever see the darkening shadows? Did you ever see your job? Did you ever see your wife? Did you ever see your friends begin to withdraw and say, hold ourselves from this hypocrite? 
Did you ever see yourself going more and more alone? Did you ever spend nights that grew worse in their intensity for the rolling of Satan causing you upon your bed? Did you ever see it in your mind and your heart as you circled and spiraled into the outer darkness where that there was nothing that you could hold on to? When there was nothing that you could call absolute, nothing that you could grasp with your own hand, did you realize, have you been able to recognize, is there spiritual discernment in your heart to let you know it's not coincidence, but Satan is coming to test my soul. Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he can sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you return... Oh, glory to God for those words. You will return. You will come out. And when you do, strengthen the brethren. Glory to God. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Why? Because they stood on the day of Pentecost. Eleven intact. hundred and twenty souls. And Pentecost came with its utterance from God. And it heralded its way all over the place. Five thousand more before the day was for you.